0: Alright, hello and welcome to another episode of the Common Man's Take on Sports with Kevin and... Quentin. Alright, Quentin. So, there's a little bit of uh, history here to talk about today as uh, Ronald Okuna Jr. just joined the 40-40 club. So, he's only the fifth player to do that. And there's only four other players who have ever done that. Uh, Jose Canseco in 1988, Barry Bonds in 1996, Alex Rodriguez in 1998, and Alfonso Soriano in 2006. So uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. continues to make history in baseball this year to make a case for his MVP campaign. And uh, so it doesn't stop there. If you continue to look at history here... Ronald Okuna Jr. is now the only player ever to hit 40 home runs and steal 50 bags in a season and also the only player to hit 40 home runs and steal 60 bags in a season. Right now he's sitting at 40 home runs and 68 steals. He is the only player to ever do that. And there's still like a week and a half of games left for him to play. So he could possibly set that mark high very high. The closest person to him I believe is Mr. Alex Rodriguez in 1998 when he was playing for the Seattle Mariners he had 42 homers and 46 stolen bases. So right now Ronald Acuna Jr. is has 22 more stolen bases than the closest person to him in history. That's pretty impressive. Like, if he doesn't win the MVP, something's wrong in baseball. Like, that's incredible stats right there. There's no way, nobody's even close to him right now with that. And he's also not just smacking homers and stealing bases, but he is batting a very, very good batting, let's see, under, let me look that up real quick. Uh yep, there we go. Okuna entered Friday batting 335 with a hundred and one RBIs and a major league best four one four on base percentage. Like he's putting up crazy numbers right now. There's no way he doesn't win the MVP. And if he continues on this tear with Matt Olson, if they're pitching could just do just enough to get them by in the playoffs that they're going to win the world series. The, Okuna's on fire. That's he's having one of the he's having a history, he's having a season and that's for the books right now. Like a historic season for the books. It may be a long time before we see anybody get close to what Okuna's juniors doing right now. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I gotta agree with you on this one. You know, he's he's making history, and I swear if he does not win MVP, base baseball has a problem. They they have a real big problem because he's putting up um, crazy stats right now. You know, I've um I've really never seen these best of stats by a player because. Uh, like you said he's batting uh, <clears throat> he entered Friday batting uh, 335 with 101 rbis that's
0: yeah he's having a historic season yeah, for sure he's, yeah he's he's having an incredible season it's uh, it's amazing it's been amazing to watch him um he's he's been an amazing player this year so just to throw a few more stats on top of that in 1988. Jose Canseco batted 307 um, with 42 homers and 40 stolen bases. Barry Bonds in 96 batted 308 with 42 home runs and 40 stolen bases. And then Alex Rodriguez batted 310 with 42 home runs and 46 stolen bases. So if he continues with his batting like, he will be, his batting percentage will be, the closest person to him would be Alex Rodriguez with a three ten batting average. And Okuna Jr. sitting at three thirty five right now. Is that? Yeah. So that's, like, he's just, across the board, he's had one of the more amazing seasons I've seen. I think the only one that I can think of right now that would be comparable would be when, uh, Miggy won the uh, triple crown for like the first time in thirty years, and nobody's done that since he did it. Uh, I believe it was two thousand and twelve when Miggy yeah. won the triple crown. Miguel Cabrera, yeah, um, and that was a season for the books for him. So, um, yeah, that's that's probably the next closest I've seen for a player like that have a season um, like that. That that Okuna Jr. is having right now, it's uh, man. He's he's been having an amazing season, and he's got Matt Olson right next to him having a good year too. Um, man, I'm telling you, I I told you earlier. I'm telling you right now. I, people who think that the Braves are going to be a pushover in the playoffs, I'm I i do not think that's going to be true. I don't think the Braves are going to be a pushover in the playoffs. I'm telling you. Keep an eye. I don't, I don't see anybody right now other than the Dodgers who could possibly give them problems. I just don't. Their pitching does just enough, which that's all they have to do to get them by. And Okuna Jr. and Matt Olson, and their supporting cast on that team do the rest. And the Braves are going to be a hard team. To, they're hot right now too. Everybody, if they can carry that momentum into the playoffs, they are going to be a hard team to beat.
1: Yeah, uh, I agree with you on this one. You know, if they can, like you said, if they can carry this momentum into the playoffs, they are going to have a very long playoff run.
0: Absolutely. I They're still my favorite to win the World Series right now. I don't see anybody that's shown me that they could beat the Atlanta Braves in a seven-game series in the World Series.
1: Yeah. um, I got to agree with you. The only team right now that can give the Braves trouble would be the Dodgers. The Dodgers, um, they're a good team, but they're not as good as the Braves. Uh, I think the Dodgers can give him lots of trouble in the playoffs, but not as much. I still have, I still have the Braves as my favorite to win the World Series. Um, I don't, I just don't see uh, the Tampa Bay Rays or the Baltimore Orioles getting in the World Series. I just don't really see uh, anything in those top teams. Uh, but. I
0: see a lot in the Braves right now. Yeah, I, I, I really think that they're going to be a, a hard team to beat. Um, I just, the Baltimore and Tampa both, look, Tampa's starting to get hot too, so that, that'll be interesting over in that division um, to see how that that wild card ends up playing out but right now well, Tampa's right behind Baltimore Baltimore barely has a lead over them for that division lead so it's mm-mm. but I agree I, I don't I don't see anybody in the American League that could beat the Braves I just don't <clears throat> yeah yeah I
1: mean I, I really don't see any I don't think the Rays have enough to beat the Braves and I don't think the Orioles have enough. I think the Orioles are a good team, but I just don't think they have enough to beat uh this historic Braves team. Cuz Ronald Acuna Jr is just leading the way right now. I don't think I mean he's just he's like the best player on that team. I mean if you're pitching and Ronald Acuna Jr is up to bat uh it's it's gonna look really ugly. I'm I'm just telling you it's gonna look really ugly. Cause um right now um he's setting himself up to be one of the best players the MLB has ever seen.
0: Yeah, I can't uh, argue with you there. Again, the season he's, ha- he's having is, is historic, and it's he's setting a bar that's going to be hard for anybody else to catch. That's uh, pretty clear.
1: Yeah, that's, that's been clear. You, you, you've watched. It's, it's almost the end of the season. Now, everybody right now should believe that Ron Kuna Jr. is going to set uh Hot, Very, uh, very, very high, um, he's, he's already had very high expectations. Caleb Williams has, tr- and now, um, he's right now breaking those, he's right now, uh, catching up to those goals, and he's, he, he, he's just unstoppable right now.
0: Yeah, he's definitely uh definitely a thorn in a lot of people's sides. Yep. I uh definitely uh they're they're my favorite. I can't think of anybody right now that's playing better than the Braves. They are on a tear. And I don't think that uh, currently there's anybody who is playing as well as they are. <clears throat> um, on another note, Mr. Uh, Heron Judge had a three-homer night tonight. Again? Yep.
1: Well, that's... that's There goes... Well, he we just joined that club again.
0: Uh,
1: I, I think he had a he
0: had another one earlier in the season. Yep. Well, shifting over to uh, football. So I did see something that came out today. that I guess uh, Bryce Young's injury down there for Carolina is more serious than I thought with that twisted ankle. So he's going to be out for three weeks. So Andy Dalton will get the call for the next three weeks. Um, Also, I saw where Anthony Richardson did not clear concussion protocol this week. So he will be out also in that Colts game. And I see that uh, that injury to Joe Burrow is pretty, uh, a lot more serious than they thought in game. So he may not play this week and they just signed a third QB to their Roster, which means it's definitely more serious than we thought. Because if they're signing a third QB, that means they're planning on Joe probably not playing on Sunday.
1: Yeah, he's. I'm. I'm just telling you, he's not playing on Sunday. Um. But the Bengals, the Bengals. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did find a new. They did find a third QB. So right now.
0: Yeah, they signed um, a third one.
1: Oh, yeah, they did. Um, so right now it's looking like... Um, the, uh,
0: the, uh, yeah, it's looking like he ain't playing.
1: Yeah, it's looking like he's not... He, he may be out for one week, but probably a couple weeks.
0: That's interesting because that is the same calf uh, that kept him out of the first game of the season that he injured in, uh, at the very beginning of training camp, if I'm not mistaken. So that seems like that's a lingering issue and it could continue to be a lingering issue. And if that's true, then the Bengals are in a lot of trouble if, if Joe can't play.
1: Yep, we're I in mean, lots, lots of trouble right now. Because right now they're already 0-2, so this is this is not gonna be a good start for the Bengals. Now that Joe's hurt, they don't have a quarterback, this is mm, it's not good for Zach Taylor and the Bengals.
0: So you remember what you asked me about the Baltimore Ravens earlier in the season? Had they built enough around Lamar with these offseason moves that they made to be competitive and maybe even take him deeper in the playoffs than he's ever been? So the Ravens are now going to be missing seven starters this Sunday. So what did we talk about with the signings they made, right? They have to stay healthy. If they don't stay healthy, then... You know, the Ravens are going to be struggling to win some of these games. Health is now becoming an issue for them.
1: Yeah, they've already lost seven starters, and now because they've lost, uh, they still have Tyler Linderbaum out, Adafé Owe, Ronnie mm-hmm. Stanley, Marcus Williams, Marlon Humphrey, Justice Hill, and Odell Beckham Jr.
0: Yep, none of them are playing on Sunday.
1: Well, o- well, Odell Beckham Jr. getting injured was kind of obvious.
0: Um. Yeah, I agree with his injury history lately. Yes, I think it's a minor ankle injury. But to be honest with you, I didn't expect him to play every game this year. Anyway, I I assumed that they would probably have him on a snap count this year just because of his injury history, and probably use him you know sparingly in and out during the season. But uh, they what's most, the most significant about these injuries are. Ronnie Stanley and Tyler Linderbaum who both are offensive linemen. Uh, that's that's those guys that are supposed to be protecting Lamar, right? Yeah. And so you're you're missing two of your starters. Linderbaum's the center and Stanley's the uh, offensive tackle. So, you know, that, that hurts when you lose offensive linemen like that. Justice Hill is a loss, however, they're they still got Melvin Gordon on the practice squad who they can elevate. and they still have Gus Edwards. So as long as Edwards stays healthy, they'll be fine. Yeah. So uh, Marcus Williams and Marlon Humphrey being out though is significant for that defense because I don't think they're really that deep in the secondary. So that definitely makes a difference to lose those two. Adalfe Owe. Um, I think they are kind of deep at outside linebacker because they have a javel back this year and they signed Justin Houston So um, I think they're okay there. They have a decent rotation. I think the offensive line and The secondary injuries is, is what's going to probably hurt them the most
1: Yeah um yeah losing Adolfo Away was it's it's not really gonna be that big of a problem. Uh because you got David Ajaba and he's looking pretty good right now. Uh I do think uh losing Marlon Humphrey was kind of a loss, but not really. It was kind of a big one but uh not really. I do think the Ravens will <clears throat> uh, be fine. Uh, after week three, I think
0: they'll be fine. They still have King and Drake also, who they can elevate off the practice squad. But they're, they're pretty deep at running back. I think they're fine. Plus, again, we've always talked about Lamar Jackson is obviously involved in the running game and provides an extra rusher at times. So uh, that that helps facilitate their running game.
1: Yeah, it really does. Um, right now their running back room is stacked. Um, I think they'll still. I think they'll be fine without Justice Hill. Um, I mean he's a good player, but I still think they'll be fine right now. because uh, they got Gus Edwards, who's looking pretty good. Melvin Gordon on the practice squad. Kenyon Drake, they still have him too. Uh, so, I think they'll be fine at the um, running back position. Wide receiver position, they're also stacked. I think they'll be fine there as well without Odell.
0: Well, I believe Rashad Bateman's back. and He's supposed to take over for Odell uh, this Sunday.
1: Yeah, so then that was. Fill up the Odell
0: hole. That'll fill up that that hole. Let me, Let me see. Man, how close was I to that score for that Niners game? I said twenty-eight to ten. That final score ended up being thirty to twelve. Well, uh-huh, that I was close. <laughs> what about that? No, no, got nothing to say. Yeah, I didn't think so don't worry one day you'll get as good as your old dad <laughs> I do want to bring up one thing though um, that's significant about that game so I've had a couple of people talk to me uh, you know just kind of casual conversations about the Niners and Brock Purdy and everybody Quite a few people were like, "Ah, Brock Purdy's gonna come back down to earth, and you know, he's not gonna be, you know, doing what he's doing." I'm tell you right now, Brock Purdy is exactly who he is, and he's gonna do just enough. He's gonna do whatever the Niners need. Like he is last night, the other night, Monday night. Um, he was 25 of 37 for 310 yards and two touchdowns. Like, Brock, Brock Purdy is going to do what they ask him to win, regardless of what it is, whether he throws for 100 yards or 300 yards. he It's not about being a superstar. He just takes care of the football and he doesn't turn it over. And that's all you can ask out of your quarterback. When you have players like Christian McCaffrey, uh, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, right? All you got to do is not turn the football over and get it out to your playmakers. And that's what he does. And so at the end of the day, Brock Purdy is going to do, he's going to be just fine. I don't think there's any coming back down to earth. I think he is what he is. You see what he is day to day. He's consistent. And I think that's what it's going to continue to be. I do want to take a shout out in that game to my man, the Michigan man, Mr. Ronnie Bell. Caught his first NFL touchdown in that game on Monday night. Uh, I think as time goes on, he's going to become a a big, a better wide receiver in the NFL. And he's going to be more... He's going to... Uh, Contribute more to that offense. But I just wanted to uh, call out Mr. Ronnie Bell.
1: Yep. Uh, I saw that he barely, he uh barely kept his feet in, but yeah, he got it. He got it.
0: I know Brock Purdy did have one fumble, but the Niners were able to recover it. And it was, it was just, it wasn't, um, it wasn't anything crazy. He's, he's fine. Brock Purdy's gonna be fine. Um, I just don't, I think the Niners are still the team to beat in the NFL right now. They're my favorite for the Super Bowl right now are the 49ers and the NFC.
1: Yeah, right now it's either the the Niners or the Eagles right now. But right now, uh, for me it's going to be the Niners. But probably as the season goes on, the Eagles will get more comfortable. But for me right now, it's got to be the Niners as the NFC favorites. I think that they, last year when they got Christian McCaffrey, that, uh, that really uh. That set the Niners for now
0: Don't remind me my Panthers was the one that traded to the Niners. Yep. <clears throat> uh
1: I mean well, they got a good running back. Well, they got my Sanders. so
0: Yeah, he's no Christian Caffrey. Uh, whatever. Oh man. I know McCaffrey wanted to go somewhere where he could win. He didn't want to rebuild because when he came to Carolina, they were rebuilding. So I get it. He didn't want to go through another rebuild. He was tired of that offensive line they had getting smoked behind the line of scrimmage all the time. So I I get it. I understood why he wanted to leave. I'm not mad at him.
1: Yeah. I was about to say that, but no, I understand. That's exactly the reason why he wanted to leave. I mean, he was tired of just them rebuilding, rebuilding, and rebuilding, and rebuilding, and he just needed to go to another team, and now I think he's going to stay at the 49ers, because um, that he's actually at a team now that can actually win, but <laughs> if he would stay at the Panthers just for one more year, a little longer, right now he would have a better quarterback, well, a working in progress um, he'd have a better team. So if he just would have stayed for a little longer, uh, uh, he would, he would have, uh, he would have, he would have actually been with a in-process team.
0: Yeah. All right, let's talk about a couple of games that I'm ready to watch tomorrow. Um, well, obviously we're gonna, I'm gonna watch the. Michigan-Rutgers game because I'm a Michigan fan. However, uh, I will be checking out the Florida State-Clemson game as well. I'm interested in that one to see how it goes. I'd like to see that. Right now, my favorite to win that game is Florida State. Um, but let me—if—if if Jordan Travis plays, which I think he is, I think he's healthy. Um, my pick is Florida. as long as George, Jordan Travis is playing Florida State, I think we'll win that game I just, I don't know, Clemson's a little up and down for me this year so, Florida State seems to start fast, Clemson doesn't, so we'll see what happens there, but my pick for that game is Florida State uh, I'm ready to watch that uh, Ohio State-Notre Dame game on Saturday night Yep, that's going to be I, a good I, I think that for the first time in a long time, I, I think that Notre Dame really has a chance to win that game. That defensive line, I think Ohio State's weakness is their offensive line, and I think that plays right into Notre Dame's hands. And all Notre Dame has to do is figure out how to move the ball on well, that Ohio State defense, which the last couple of years hasn't been hard for some teams. And... Uh, I think Notre Dame's got a real shot to win that game, so I think it'll be an exciting game. I think it'll be a good game to watch and I'll definitely have my popcorn and beer out watching it. What do you think?
1: Yeah, um, no, an exciting game that I'd like to watch would be the Alabama Ole Miss. Let's see what Jalen Milrow can do mm-hmm. back as the starter against a conference against an actual conference opponent and not a future conference opponent.
0: Okay
1: i excited to watch that
0: one. Um, yeah, I'll probably give that a watch too. Yeah, I- I'd a- like to see one, how Melrose does after he got benched and then brought back.
1: Yeah. Oh, uh, Another one I want to watch is uh, I want to see how Colorado does against Oregon. I want to see if Oregon uh, completely takes away Colorado or Colorado fights, but Oregon comes away with the win. But right now, for me, the Colorado Oregon game, I'm still voting on Oregon to win that one. I think. Colorado and Oregon uh, have a good fight, but I think Oregon comes away with that win. <clears throat> uh I'm also excited to watch the Florida State Clemson game. Uh this is this is a tough tough game right now, but uh, right now I'm I'm going with Clemson. I think Clemson can beat Florida State right here. Continue that streak. State does have good, good offense, but uh, I just think Clemson. I think K. Clemson uh, can really stand out in that game. Will Shipley as well.
0: We'll see. Um, Colorado Oregon game. Yeah, you're right. I'll be watching that one for sure. I'll be watching that close to see if uh, Prime Time can fix that defense. Because I'll tell you right now. I might I might be wrong, but uh, man, Oregon the di- right now the difference between Colorado and Oregon is the defense. The Colorado Buffaloes are allowing an average of four hundred and sixty three yards a game to opposing teams. Oregon is only allowing two hundred eighty five point seven yards to opposing teams. Um, Colorado's allowing 265 passing yards to opposing teams per game. And they're allowing 195.3 rushing yards. So almost 200 passing and 200 rushing yards. I'm sorry, almost 300 passing yards and almost 200 rushing yards per game that Colorado is allowing. Oregon is only allowing 158.7 passing yards and 127, 127 rushing yards to the opposing team.
1: Yeah, it looks like Oregon's so, offense is. Uh, the offense is also a little different too, cause. Uh,
0: yeah, they still got Bo Nix down there.
1: Yeah, right now, Oregon, for total, uh, they have they average five hundred eighty-seven point zero point uh, total yards per game. They average three hundred fifty-seven point seven passing yards per game. Colorado has four hundred eighteen point. Zero passing yards per, per game, but on the rushing game, it's where Oregon um ha- uh averages two hundred and twenty nine point three rushing yards, while Colorado only has 61.0 only averages sixty one uh every game. So they also coach Prada needs to fix that running game because. Can't just pass all day, you've gotta you've gotta hand it off. I mean I mean you've gotta at least have one more than a hundred rushing yards per game.
0: I don't think they've hit hundred rushing yards in a game yet, have they?
1: I don't know. Let me check. Let's see. did they hit one in the nope.
0: nope. They had seventy against Colorado State. Against Nebraska, they had... Nebraska, what did they have? They had 58 yards. 58. And against TCU, they had... They 55 yards. So, no, they have not had 100 yards rushing in a game yet. My guess is they're not going to get it against Oregon. And... Um, Oregon's defensive team, so also Bo Nix is a um, very talented quarterback, like Shadier Sanders, he is athletic, and if he needs to, he can take off running with the ball to um, contribute to the running game, so I wouldn't be surprised if Oregon does a little bit of that in that game against Colorado. But uh, right now, the difference in that game looks to be Colorado's defense. Now, both Oregon and Colorado average a lot of yards on offense. But I, I'm with you. I don't think that I agree with, with your, what you're saying. I don't think you're going to sit back and pass all day against the Oregon team.
1: Yeah, you can't pass all day against an Oregon defense. You, you got You've got to run the ball at least. At Remember when one. Ohio
0: State tried to do that a couple of years ago and Oregon beat them in their own house? Yep.
1: Yeah.
0: I think the other thing that kind of um, goes against Colorado a little bit is, if I'm not mistaken, this is played at Oregon, is it not? Let me see. At Odson Stadium? Oh. Uh, Pretty sure it's at Oregon's house, in their stadium. Let me see. Yep, right there. Oh, yeah. It's at Oregon. So, I said that Oregon crowd's going to be loud be loud and obnoxious and that's probably going to be the first time that shooters Sanders is going to have to you know be up at that line of scrimmage trying to call out plays and blitzers with that crowd just being loud and, and obnoxious and ruckus so we'll see how he does um, but I I'm still leaning in Oregon's direction right now um, but I, I think Colorado they can fix their defensive woes, they'll have a shot. We'll see what happens. But I don't think you're going to outscore an Oregon team.
1: Yeah. Um... Right now I'm checking the stats. And... Looks like Colorado's going to have uh some tough, tough, tough playing against Oregon with... Um... Box score two hundred and twenty-seven rushing yards against Hawaii. Oh there you go.
0: Oh go ahead.
1: And Colorado hasn't even got a hundred yet in <laughs> their three in their first three games of the season. Yeah. It, it, that, that doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense, Dion. You've got to at
0: least get more than a hundred at least more than hundred. right, so the last game that uh, I want to highlight that I'll probably give a watch is the uh, Iowa Penn State game. That'll be an interesting one. Um, Iowa always has a tough defense. We'll see what happens against Penn State. If I'm not mistaken, the last two time these two te- the last time these two teams met was at Iowa. And yeah. I believe that Penn State did they I know Iowa won that game didn't they? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. So this one's at Penn State. I' I'm, I'm, I don't know if it's uh, I, I don't I don't know if it's a wideout game or not. I'll have to check that out, but I know it is at Penn State. So we'll see how that goes. I know Iowa usually has a tough defense. So we'll see if Penn State can move the ball on that defense. This may be a uh, low-scoring game because it's two tough defenses because Penn State has a pretty tough defense too. So yeah. we'll see. Uh, that's another game that I, I'm going to uh, watch because I think it's going to be a pretty good game to watch.
1: Yeah, well we'll see how Caden McNamara is, does because right now he's got three interceptions on the season, four touchdowns so uh, he's gonna face a tough penn State defense he can't be having three interceptions uh, so uh, we'll see what happens. they yeah they're in beaver stadium okay so that that's gonna be a good game mm-hmm. um I think Penn State penn state can uh just roll their red right, Roll their way through uh, this game. I don't think Iowa has enough offense <coughs> <coughs> uh, to uh to like handle Penn State's defense. I I just don't think that Cade McNamara uh can he, will be able to handle this Penn State. I don't think Drew Aller will be able to handle the Iowa offense e- or defense either. But right now, I think it's Penn State winning this 20-14.
0: 20-14. All right, those are the games that uh, are highlighted that I'm uh, excited to watch and kind of see how they unfold. The only other game I may give a watch to is probably going to be the UCLA-Utah game. I might check in on that one just to see how it's going. Oh, yeah, that's going to be a good one. uh, uh, I don't know if uh, Utah's quarterback is going to be back this week. Let me see.
1: I don't know if he's going to be back. I don't don't know if Cameron Rising is going to be back either.
0: Yeah, I don't know. They haven't said one way or the other yet, so... Not sure about that one. If he's back, then I'd say Utah's got a good chance to win that one, although Utah's been winning their yeah. games so far anyway.
1: Yeah, he's questionable,
0: so... That means he probably isn't playing. All right. Um, yeah, that's the highlight games that I want to watch. Most of the other games are just uh, games that are either top teams playing soft games or... Uh, you know, just regular uh, the rest of five playing, so those are our games that we're going to pay attention to and keep an eye on tomorrow. Um, With that, that will be the end of our show today. Don't forget, we are on um, our podcast is on most platforms. We also have a YouTube page and a Facebook page that you can go to. The Facebook page is First name Kevin, last name Quentin. And the YouTube page is, uh, YouTube channel is The Common Man's Take on Sports, just like the show. Please, please, please subscribe if you like our show on the podcast site that you get it from. Or if you go to YouTube or Facebook, uh, you know, please click that like button. And please subscribe. We appreciate you guys listening to our show. Um, We hope you enjoyed it, and we hope that you return to listen to it again. Until next time, this is Kevin and...
1: Quentin. Signing
0: off.